Blog Talk Radio. I want to ask you a question, and that is, what is in your life's blueprint? This is the most important and crucial period of your lives for what you do now and what you decide now at this age may well determine which way your life shall go, 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 go. Over 24 million people that are going to lose health insurance. You can't continue to play with people's emotions like this, okay? Politics may be a game to you because you're in Washington, but it's not a game to us. But it's not a game to us. But it's not a game to us. Again, I refer back to a civilized society where no one, not even the President of the United States, is above the law. However, Trump has a blatant disregard for the law, and he only likes it when he stands to benefit from it. How selfish, 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 selfish. You're now listening to The Provocation. You're now listening to The Provocation. Real people, real conversation. Real people, real conversation. You ready? Let's go. Ooh, feel like it's been a minute. <laughs> oh yeah. We back at it again, as usual. Ooh, so much to happen today, man. Well, in the past couple two <laughs> weeks that we ain't been on. We got a lot to talk about. Oh, yeah. See if we can fit it all within this hour, you know? Yeah, you're going to try. Yeah. But just in case y'all didn't know who who you're listening to, it's the provocation, real people, real conversations. My name is Ron. I'm one half of the dynamic duo. And as always, I got my boy with me. And I'm Ronald L. Felton, the father and son tag team. The views on this podcast are clearly the views of my son and myself, and not of any organization that either of us may be affiliated with. With that being said, we welcome you to episode 84 in season three of The Provocation. Yes, indeed. Like we always say about this time, if you listen to live, we appreciate the love. If you listen to the archive, we appreciate that too. Today is March 25th, 2019. It's a Monday. Hope everybody had a good day at work. Hope uh, it wasn't too too much on you. Mm-hmm. Hope if you're in my area, I'm pretty sure you enjoyed the weather. You know, we had about 72 today, but um, looks like the well it started raining already. It's about to come down, man. Oh wow! So hope you enjoyed it while you could, because it's about to go down in a minute. <laughs> Not too much. Hey, man. So I invited yeah. a friend back. I invited a friend back to the show today that we haven't actually, we haven't heard from in a while. Okay. See, I ain't tell you that. Okay. Oh, you sure didn't. I didn't. I ain't tell you what I invited a friend. Okay. No. You know what my friend's name is? No. What's your friend's name? His name is Crown Royal. Uh oh. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah, I, had a, I had a little cookout this weekend. Invited you know some friends over. 
Okay. And, uh, you know, usually the way it works, when you provide the food, we just ask you to bring the drinks. Right. So, you right. know, my whole, shout out to my boy Byron. He knows me very well. Mm-hmm. He went and brought, he brought over some of the, now, see, you, you had the apple crown royal, right? Okay. Have you ever tasted the peach crown royal? No, I have not. Well, let me say, it's something you may want to try out. Cause I'm sipping on it right now, and I gotta okay. say, this this about as smooth as the Apple Crown Royal, man. Wow! I can't go wrong with that. Oh, sounds hey, I got, good. Got the, got the Peace Crown Royal on deck. You know, a lot to talk about today. And, you know, I need something just just to wind down the day. You know. Right. Right. Not too much going on uh, on this side. What's going on on your side, man? Well, basically, to be honest with you, your father didn't even bother going out to check out the weather. But I think your mother said early on, it was looking like a nice day, kind of got clouded up a little bit and everything. But basically, I did a lot of uh, of uh, organizational work that I was uh, uh, with the, uh, the local branch of the NAACP. So... Uh, uh, we had to get a lot of that stuff out of the way. We got a lot of work ahead of us. And so yeah. uh, we had to uh, basically try to get on top of last week. Uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, we had a special election. Uh, elections for the branch normally occurs in uh, November of the previous year, uh, 2018. However, because uh, uh certain situations, we had to have a special election which was just conducted last week at national office came in and they conducted the election in a rather efficient manner. So I'm happy with them coming here and uh, getting the election done. And now we can go on uh, with the business of uh, uh, increasing the branches visibility and the uh, credibility and integrity uh, in the community. So I'm glad that took place. So we got a lot of work ahead of us, and we all seem to be putting together what I would call somewhat of a dream team uh, to help us uh, bring uh, the branch, to help the branch bounce back. So that's where I'm at, Ron. That's what I've done. Yeah. Well, first and foremost, congratulations on your election, man. I got to say that. Thank you. You know what I'm saying? Thank you. I know it's probably a lot of people that's that's glad to have you back in the driver's seat. So I know you're going to do some great things, man. And um, hopefully it all works out, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. I so, think it will. Yeah, I think it will too, man. I think I think, um, I think you can start getting some things done. I'll, I'll just say that. I don't want to get too deep into it. Right. But I'm right, just sure you, you can start, you start getting some things done. You know what I'm saying? Yep, yep. And um, it's, it's definitely an excellent thing for the community. So, congratulations once again on that. Um, yeah, man. Like I said, a lot going on. Um, so, you know what I did this weekend? I went to go see that movie, that movie Us. Right. And uh, I gotta say, man, it was it was pretty entertaining. But. Initially, you walk away kind of confused. Like the, the ending, the, the ending throws you off a little bit. I don't want to, I don't want to spoil it for anybody, so I'm not gonna really go into detail about it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But um, the ending is is something you got to think about when you get home. Let's put it like that. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, not only being very entertaining, I guess there was a lot of hidden messages and stuff within this movie. And right. I kind of, after sitting back and thinking about it, I kind of see um, what he was trying to, well, what I think he was trying to get across um, with the film. And right. But I'm, a, I'm I'll tell you straight up, man. Initially, when, when me and my wife walked out, we were like, "Man, it was entertaining." But at the end of the day, it was kind of stupid. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We, we felt mm, that way walking out mm. the movie. But it, but as you start, let's, as you start to sit and let it marinate a little bit. You're like, okay, I kind I kind of see what they were trying to say. I see I see what he was trying to do. So on the way out, you know, we walk into the car, and I don't know why this happens to me all the time, man. But it feels mm-hmm. like. And I, I don't know if this is just something. I know it happens to my mother all the time, too. But for some right. reason, people just start talking to us out the blue. For some reason. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't get it. Maybe I got really? maybe Maybe my demeanor is inviting or something like that. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's what I was going to really say. I don't know. But walking to the car, it's a young man walking in front of me. He's, his car is parked right beside mine, so I'm, I'm, I'm stepping to get in my car. He opened up his door. He was like, nah, I bet you people ain't going to know uh, what what the symbolism of that white rabbit meant in the movie. So I'm like, I said, you're probably right, because I sure as hell don't know. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know. So he was like, just, just he said, when you get home, just Google uh, white rabbit symbolism. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. And I don't know. I, I, don't, I just don't understand why people feel the need to talk to me. Like, I, I would tell you the story, right? Okay. Right. One day, matter of fact, when y'all came down here to visit me one time, this is when we was living at the old house. Okay. Mm-hmm. Me and my mom, we went to uh, to Walmart so we can get some stuff for the house. So we walking through Walmart, and then this this old lady, you know, she's you know the little the little electric carts that they give you. For people who right, right, and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, so yeah. the lady she pulls up on us out of nowhere in the middle of the aisle, right? Yeah, talking about some. You look like a a nice mother mother and son combination or something like that, right? <laughs> so me and my, me and my mom were going to like, uh, okay, you know what I'm saying? Uh huh. Uh-huh. So she was like, you know what? I wrote a poem this morning. Just about this very same thing. Would you like to hear it? And you know, you don't want to be ignorant. Right. Be like, nah, I don't, know if, I don't feel like hearing that right now. So me and my mother, we look at each other like, yeah, it's, that's cool. We can listen to it. The lady just starts going off in the middle of the aisle. I mean, she not, she ain't silent either, man. She talk, this is, she's like in her highest <laughs> volume reading this part. Right. 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 So me and my mother sitting there like, why, why does this happen to us all the time. I don't get it. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. The other day, me and Janelle went to, to Olive Garden, right? We right. sitting there waiting for our food. It's um to the right of us. It's like uh, two ladies and a dude to the right of us, right? Okay. Now, the whole time we sitting there, we ain't said nothing to each other the whole time. Me and Janelle, we having our own conversation. They having their own conversation. As soon as my food come out and the lady hands me my food, the lady next to me, she's going to say, hey, you ever had that before? I was like, 
no, I never had it before. She's like, <laughs> she's like, she's like, it's good. I'm like, okay, thank you. You know what I'm saying? I don't understand it. You know what I'm saying? And right. I'm like, what? I'm like, one, don't sit here and make it seem like I know you. Cause my wife's right here, and I ain't trying to get punched in my face tonight. That's number one. Okay. That's number one. But I'm like, out the blue, people start talking. But anyway, that's, I know I got off subject. But anyway, I looked up the, the whole white rabbit symbolism thing. Mm-hmm. And I say, I still don't know what the hell he was talking about. Because what I, what I seen, to me, ain't had nothing to do with the movie. I don't know. Okay. So, I mean, that's, that's, that, was just, that was just a loss. That was a waste of research for me because I still don't know what the hell he meant by that. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> so, but what I got from the movie is this. One thing I got is is that the more we keep ignoring the people who really need our help in this country, mm-hmm. um, the better chance is that they're going to unite and end up retaliating against the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's mm-hmm. one thing I got. Second thing I got is you need to be able to look at somebody and put yourself in their shoes to understand their situation. Ver, you know, versus just ignoring and being non-sympathetic towards their issues. Kind of like the kind of like the guy we got in the White House. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where he can sit there and just call you know all Mexicans rapists and murderers and shit like that, saying that it's just criminals coming across the border. Well, you don't know what these people have been through in their life. Right. Day, exactly. He probably couldn't survive one day going with what they went through uh, in the countries they come from. Mm-hmm. You know, with the gang stuff going on and all that stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I, I, got, I got those two things from the movie. And I, I think once you sit back and get a chance to digest it after you see it mm-hmm. um, versus, just, versus just going there to be entertained, it starts to sink in kind of what he was trying to do with the movie. And, and it also says that the, the name uh, US is like an acronym for the US. You know what I'm saying? Like this is us. Oh, okay. Pay attention. This is right. kind of what, this is what we look like right now. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Right. So yeah, it's pretty it's pretty deep when you sit back and think about it. But all, all in all, it was a good movie. It was it was a decent movie. Like I said, you just gotta mm-hmm. sit back. Once you see the end, you get a little confused, but once you you know, you, you get a chance to go home and digest it and think about it, you understand kind of what he was trying to do with the movie. So I I would suggest right. going to see it if you get a chance. You know? Mm, okay. Definitely go see it when you get a chance. Mm. So just wanted to say that. What else is going on, man? Um, can't talk about football. I ain't really much to talk about with that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, you know I'm, I'm still trying to recover from the Giants trade, Odell Beckham, but I'm not going <laughs> to bring that back up. Right. You know, I, I think I kind of see. I, I, let me just say this, and I don't know if I talked about this last time, but I kind of see what the game plan might be for the Giants. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Because based upon the moves that they made this this off season, going into the next off season, they should probably have over a hundred million dollars to spend in free agency. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what they're going to do in this particular draft though, because we have now in the first round we have the sixth pick and we have the seventeenth pick. Okay. Right. A lot of people are saying that the Giants are going to take 
uh, Dwayne Haskins, which is a quarterback out of Ohio State. Okay. 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 But the the word is now, based upon what he did on his pro day, you may have to try to move up in order to get him because somebody else is going to try to move up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So even though the Giants sit at six, and there's probably only about one team who needs there's, there's only one team that needs a quarterback in the top five picks, and that's the number one pick, who is the Arizona Cardinals. Now, they got the number one pick. Right. So, everybody's thinking that they're going to take um, this this guy named Kyler Murray, who's another quarterback out of Oklahoma. I think it's either Oklahoma State or Oklahoma. Might be Oklahoma. So, once he's gone, the next one in line is Dwayne Haskins. Okay. They're assuming that because of his performance – one of those quarterback needy teams who are in like the teens may try to jump up in front of the Giants and grab him. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now here's my thing though. I'm still conf- I'm a little worried that even if he is available at six, the Giants still might not take him. They might take a okay. defensive player and then try to grab another quarterback with their 17th pick. Mm-hmm. Now. My thing is this, even though you're taking a quarterback at 17 in the first round, doesn't mean he's mm-hmm. as good as the quarterback you could have got with the sixth pick. So right. is it even worth taking a quarterback at 17 at that point? You know what I mean? Okay. So I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. I'm just I'm interested to see what's going to this, – this draft, last year was a fun one because I was like, they, they better take Saquon Barkley, and they did. This right. year, I have I have no idea what they're going to do. So this should be a very interesting draft coming up. So that's just a little bit of Giants news, man. Okay. So let's get into it, man. Um, well, first off, let's start with this. What the hell has happened to um, Michael Avenatti? Man? Oh hell no! Oh well, well, like I told you, man. I seen yeah, I seen this. It's like ever since he had that. That um, I guess that domestic uh, dispute thing, it's just been on a downhill spiral. And uh, yeah. when you're a high profile person uh, that came out the way that he came out, and you like everything you do, man, is going to show up in the news, you know? And uh, for some of this stuff that they're saying, though, looks like they're talking about uh, what do they call it, wire fraud. And uh, some other things. Uh, so yeah, yeah, man. He's 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 he's. I, I don't know if it's sinking or something. Basically, you know. I don't know what's going on. I mean, what the headline I read is that they're charging him with trying to uh, extort Nike out of twenty million dollars. That's that's uh, yeah. That I I heard that too. I seen that. I seen that as well. That and there was something else. I, I don't know what that was. I can't remember. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, man. That's like that's that's a made. Well, at the end of the day, you knew that once he came out and started lashing on Trump like that, somebody was going to keep digging and digging and digging until they found something that stuck on Avenatti. So he he had to be cleaned to come out, and, and apparently he wasn't. Yeah. So now yeah, you got to deal with the consequences. Yeah. Like well, this, this is like a major rise and fall. There, there was even, and I know this, this wasn't me, but there was even one point where people were talking about 
hey, maybe Evan Nani should run for president in 2020. Yeah, well, well, he was going to Iowa. I mean, he was in Iowa for a little while. And uh, that's the thing. The person, usually, if if you're that person, you know, you know there might be some shit in your background or something that you don't want to be. And then, basically, the wrong thing to do, the wrong thing to do, unless you got your ducks in order, is to come out against one of the most, unfortunately, the most powerful men in the country. Now, you know, and I say unfortunately, and I say it because this. This is, this is going to be talked about for years to come as the greatest con that was ever pulled against not even just a small group of people, but over a whole country, basically. Right. And, right. And, 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 and it's going to be talked about. It's going to be written about. And maybe all of the stuff uh, that we're going to hit on a little bit later, uh, it may not all come out right now, right within the next two years. But down the road, uh, they're going to release these files who, at one time, they were sealed and so forth. We're going to find out a whole lot of stuff. And it's just, it's just sad that the country has been duped in this, in this way. Yeah, I, I hope that we find out sooner rather than later, I'll tell you that. Because um, I don't, I don't want, to be, want it to be like one of those, you know, those shows looking back at what happened around this time. I want us to nip this in the bud while we can. And, and, and prevent this from going any further than it needs to go. That's what I want us to do. So, speaking of which, let's let's just get into it. Mm-hmm. So, the Mueller report came out, and apparently, he found um, no collusion between the Trump campaign and Russia. Oh hell no! Mm. I'm confused at this point. You know, mm-hmm. it just seemed like. This is okay. So this is kind of what I got from it, from, from what I, I heard regarding the report, is that it was outlined saying that there, there was no one knowingly colluded with Russia in order to fix the election. So am I to believe that these people didn't didn't know what they were doing and they were just making mistakes just because? Like that's that's hard for me to believe. Because my thing is this, if there was no collusion or any coordination with Russia, why were people lying about conversations that they had with Russians? Why, why did you need to lie? Mm-hmm. If anything, you would put it all, all out on the table, so then basically you would look like, well, I was just talking. I didn't know that they were going to do this, or I thought, we were, I thought I was talking to somebody else. I didn't know that he was associated with this. No, you would put it out on the table, but they were actually like, not mentioning meetings that they had with Russians. So if there was nothing going on between the two, why would you need to lie about it? Yeah, I, I you know, I mean, the whole thing is if you've done nothing wrong, then right. um, you shouldn't be uh, doing everything you can to obstruct 
Uh, now, they did say uh, the, the issue of obstruction is unresolved. I think that's going to be resolved right. through political uh, means, such as Congress or at the ballot box when people vote in 2020. So right. you're going to have basically a year and a half, and the uh, Trump campaign is already uh, in motion, uh, raising monies off of the report that has found no collusion. Well, like I said, uh, I felt like if you hadn't done anything, then you shouldn't impede any, you shouldn't, uh, you do things that make you look guilty. If you didn't do anything, why do you do things that make you look guilty? So that's one issue that I have. But I also think it's like they keep referring to the Southern District of New York like, they're their own federal unit within a, within the state of New York. They're just that awesome. They're just like even when you talk about you talk about nine eleven, New York got its own program. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's that's just how important New York is, and it sounds like to me that. They are now digging into which I'm, I'm surprised that this didn't happen way before the election in 2016. Why the, this level of scrutiny did not exist prior to 2016. But now, and then see what that's going to do, Ron, in my opinion, that's going to get some people to start saying, well, now they just picking on him. You know, they didn't find collusion. And that's going to be what he's saying. What do you call it? Uh, uh, harassment of a president or something to that effect. You know, he's yeah. going to play the card. He's going to play the victim card, you know, and all of that. So it's just going to be a thing of whereby uh, both sides are going to uh, put out their talking points and so forth. And it's just going to be who is the most convincing to the American people. Now, uh, some people may feel like, okay, well, you're just upset because they didn't find anything. <clears throat> and maybe I, maybe I am somewhat upset. But I guess I'm more upset because of the division that this one individual has, has, has facilitated in this country. Now, I'm not saying he couldn't have did that if there weren't people who were willing recipients to participate in the division. Right. He had an audience. And that's what I kept referring to before he even ran for president, that the Republican Party was that in order to survive, you had to continuously move further and further to the right. So there was an element of racism that existed in the party, and that element was not so small. You could you could at least say anywhere from 20 million people or more felt that way. Yeah. That's the way I feel. I mean, at the end of the day, they can say what they want to say, but um, whatever would have came out of this report is just 
another thing added to the long list of BS that this president has taken this country through for the past two years. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, it ain't like well, because because you know, he found no collusion that that excuses everything else that the president has been doing up until this point. No, it doesn't. Despite whether it was collusion or not, he, he, I personally still feel he's not good for this country at the end of the oh, day. Oh, that, that, I agree with you wholeheartedly there. I agree with the fact that I feel this president and his family is using the United States government as a cash cow, as to negotiate, uh, to make deals with other countries, don't tell what types of deals he's been making. No types, no telling what type of access he's granting to people who will uh, uh, favor his properties and things of that nature. So it, it's, it's a corrupt, this is a corrupt individual. And what upsets me the most, what irritates me the most is that it appears, from what I can see at least, that this person weighs with it. Because I think what happened here, I think Mueller may not have had an, well, either, either he, he was following the DOJ policy that says a sitting president cannot be indicted, which that, to me, I just, I just don't really get it. Because to me... As I look back at the founding fathers, and and I and I and I often look back and I say, "Wow, man, these these were." And I'm thinking like people from that time period, they could not be as as intelligent as we are today, but they were they were they they were just as intelligent. I mean, they seen the possibility of a person using the office of the president to basically set themselves up as a king. Yeah. And so I feel like, why did you include the articles of impeachment if that was not a remedy to that situation? So if the person has committed high crimes and misdemeanors, is it not the obligation of Congress to follow through on that? Would they be yeah. relinquishing their obligation by not following through? Yeah, I would think so. I mean, the thing is this, though. Are, are they, they going to have enough information to do what they need to do? Because it looks like the guy Barr may not let them see this report. Well, and that's the thing, because you just had, and as I said to you earlier, Mitch McConnell uh, shot down uh, a resolution uh, demanding that the, the report be made public. So you got one senator, one senator, and that's, that's the difference between the Senate and the, and the House of Representatives. Senators have that unique power where one senator can basically, and I guess because he's the majority leader, can decide not to even bring it to the floor or something to that effect. You know what I'm saying? So that's the power. that But what it also says, Ron, to us, is it shows us what happens, what happens when, when there's the executive, uh, the, executive, the executive part of the government and the legislative part 
when 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 one party controls two of those particular parts. Now, uh, the judiciary is supposed to be separate, but there could be even a little bit of control there, especially when they appoint uh, Supreme Court judges for life and stuff like that. You know, so but that just shows you if you have if you have a party that controls and if they control at least two of those three levels where they don't control the Congress because now the Democrats control the Congress, but they control the other two. And if they have ill will intentions, they can, they can, they can, they can reflect that in the decisions that they make. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So where does that leave us? Where does that leave you and I? Wondering. That's it. Leaves us in the dark, as usual. You know what I mean? Right. I don't know. But my thing is this, though. What about the whole conspiracy thing where, I mean, come to find out now, they're saying that Mueller had told Barr three weeks in advance that he wouldn't be able to come to a conclusion on the conspiracy. And then Barr releases the letter saying that he wasn't found um, guilty of either collusion or conspiracy, but that's not the case. Well, let, let me say this. Let me just say this and clear some things up. Yeah. Collusion is conspiracy. There's no, no such so, thing, they say, as collusion, because they've been talking about that back and forth. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. So collusion is conspiracy. Okay. He, how does he make his own determination when Mueller, who's been doing the investigation for two years, what I get from it is that there is evidence to support, but I guess he was leaving it up to Barr to make a decision? Well, see, here's the thing to me, Ron. Well, okay, yeah, he's leaving it... Uh, it sounds like between Rod Rosenstein and Barr, okay, this is what they, because supposedly from what I, from what little pieces I've seen, Rod Rosenstein uh, participated in this uh, review of the Mueller report. And earlier, I don't know if you recall, but it came out maybe like months ago. James Comey, the former director of the FBI, said he wanted to see the voters uh, make the determination. In other words, don't reelect Trump. And that right. way, because a lot of people seem to fear that if, if, if it went down any other way, that the country could be turned into... Uh, the possibility of riots and civil war, something to that effect. I think, and I'm not saying we should do things simply because it's in the Constitution, but if the founding fathers created created the articles of impeachment to be able to remove a president that committed these high crimes and misdemeanors, then I think we 
have to see if what they intended would work. And I'm not saying just do it for the sake of doing it. There has to be uh, evidence enough to warrant going down that particular road. Now, the reason I say that, you go back to Richard Nixon. Richard Nixon, the Democrats were in control, I think. They came up, but then the Republicans uh, came to the conclusion once the tapes, I guess, got released from Watergate and all that kind of stuff there, the Republicans said, you know, uh, they felt that they talked to niggas and said, hey, it's, it, you bet, it's the best you just resigned. So you had the willingness of the other party to say these things. Right. Uh, then you had uh, uh, Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton ended up getting impeached by Congress. Right. But he was not in, he was not convicted in the Senate. So I think, I think, but see, they're, they're looking at the fact, okay, uh, the Republicans, they did impeach Bill Clinton, but then the next time around, when the elections came up, they lost big time in terms of the right. House and maybe even the Senate. They probably lost both. So, is, and they see, people think that because something happens in history that it will happen again, but the circumstances are not the same. Right. It's not the same. You know, so will, will, will the American public react in a way to penalize the Democrats because they pursue what... Now, in Bill Clinton's case, they, what they did to him was mainly about, a, a, well, a personal indiscretion. Right. A personal indiscretion. Did not affect the ability of him to do his job. It was a personal indiscretion. But here you got a corrupt president. Here you got a president that is using the office of the presidency to, uh, to have people pay for access to him where he, you don't know, he may be going off in these countries talking about, okay, when, I, uh, when my term is over, when I'm out, uh, up here, it to me, I just hate the idea that this person, nothing is being done. In my opinion, in my opinion, nothing is being done to prevent this person from thinking that he's above the law. And now, if you notice what he said, Ron, yesterday, oh, America's a great country. America was not a great country until. They found you not guilty, or, or Mueller came out with a report saying there's no evidence of collusion. Right. So this yeah, man is constantly talking out of both sides of his mouth. Hey, Robert Mueller is a great guy. He's a great yeah. guy that came to the right decision. Wow. Yeah. This is this is what we have, though, man. This, this is what we got to deal with every day in the White House: a person who really can't own up to their own actions. Or you know, admit when they're wrong, yeah. or even just have have empathy for another person besides himself. Like he comes off as if you know we should feel some type of way, like they shouldn't be doing this to your president. I don't consider you my president, bro. And a lot of people don't. And basically, you you've done nothing. You know, you've done nothing to garner my empathy. Like why should I feel sympathetic to you? I can see if you and were you like know- out here making actual change doing good things for people, and you had this hanging over your head, 
then maybe I may be like, you know what, get a guy a break. You know what I'm saying? Especially now that it comes out that he has no collusion. We don't know about the conspiracy, though. You say it's the same thing. Let's just, let's just figure out what it is, release the report so we can see it. But at the end yeah. of the day, there's nothing about him that's like, it doesn't give me a reason to feel sorry about what's going on at all. Like, you, got, you brought this on yourself. Yeah, yeah. And you, you know the sad part, Ryan? The sad part about this, to me, it looks like, it looks like, well, here's what I think is going to happen. I think his favorability rating is going to go up. And I think it's going to go up because some of the Democrats. I think it's going to go up because some of the independents. Okay? He's already got 90% uh, uh, Republicans uh, basically see him as favorable. So I think just a few few points here and there from these other two probably get him close, maybe. Well, I say his average, his, his ceiling has been somewhere between like 44 and 46%. He may actually hit 48, maybe even 50%. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? But here's the thing that I do know. This guy, a situation where the financial uh, market was in collapse and everything, where they were losing 800,000 jobs per month, and it started rebounding, he's, he gets credit. And I understand that. If you're the person sitting in the White House at the time that it's happening, and the, and the, and the, and the, and the uh, economy is doing better, you're going to get credit. If unemployment is better, you're going to get credit. And I feel that he feels that if, if all of these things he can, he, can, he can come out and boast about, that the people are going to forget the other things. They're going to forget that he's the most divisory president in the history of this country. You know, that, that he's the one that ran on division. He's the one that created division. That's what, that's what he's banking on. He's banking on that if I can show the people that, and, and, and to be honest with you, Ryan, to the rich people who he gave that tax break to, yeah, yeah they're going to put some money behind his reelection. These judges, these federal judges, sure, they're going to back him up. You know, as long as it's not me, as long as I'm getting something out of it, I don't give a damn about the other person. That's what I fear. Man, I'm, well, I'm going to tell you this, man. I'm going to be straight up. I, I think a lot of people feel this way, too. Um, I think we were definitely disappointed at what the uh, Mueller report came out with because type of collusion going on in that. He, this is something he would have he found. I don't know. It just it seems like a lot going on for there not to be any type of coordination between the two. That's me personally. So we're disappointed. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I'm more disappointed is that um, I'm just ready to get him out of there. And I figured, like, once this came out, boom, we can start the proceedings on, on just getting him out of office. But I'm still like, there's nothing you can do to change my mind or to deter me away from the fact that I'm super ready to vote in 2020 to get this man out of office. And I hope a lot of people feel the same way that I do. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad to hear you say that. I'm glad to hear you say that you feel that way. I'm glad to hear that you say it doesn't diminish your enthusiasm and motivation as far as your voting goes. You know, I'm glad to hear that. And I, and I hope that uh, 
people that are listening to this podcast will feel the same way, that it should not diminish their enthusiasm for going in and participating in the political process. Here's the other thing about it, though. Okay, now that Mueller has come out and said, uh, or at least the report concluded that there was no collusion and so forth, are you going to are you going to are you going to devote funds to uh our election system to prevent the Russians or to to make it difficult for the Russians to do what they did before in 2016 are you going to put now are you going to put money behind the system to ensure that our elections are are free from any foreign intervention or anything of that nature. I don't think he's going to do that. And yes, you know, the reason, Ron, because we all sat here and we believe, we we honestly believe that Mueller was a career person. And I still believe that. I believe he was going to do what he could do. I believe he, my, 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 I believe he's following, I believe he's following that DOJ policy which is is not the law, but uh, but I am say I will say this, as far as the collusion part of it, I I don't believe it, but I ain't gonna beat it to death. You know what I'm saying, Ron? Right. I'm, I'm gonna right. move on. I'm gonna do what you said. I'm gonna vote to make sure that I'm vote. I'm gonna encourage other people to do the exact same thing. I'm going to say to the people, if, if, if two-thirds of this country feel that this person is a corrupt individual, should not be president of the United States of America, then I want to see that two-thirds reflected when the election is held in 2020. I want to see uh, uh, this 66% versus 33%. I want to see that reflected in the election. I want to see that in the, in result in a landslide. But I see something uh, before we had this podcast, Ron, that said Trump could possibly win re-election in a landslide. Now, I didn't dig into that because I just said, I don't know if it was from Fox News or what. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. But if that happens, if that happens, if that happens, only thing I can say is that our ancestors persevered in more difficult times than we are currently experiencing, and they still managed to persevere. And as old as I am now, the only thing that I can see myself doing is persevering and so forth. And hopefully yeah. that 2020 will will bring this. I would just think that clearly my way of thinking is just not what everybody believes because it's like you know sometimes I sit there with my wife and we watch we watch those reality shows. It's one show where they you know they like they have a bunch of designers who make dresses and they. They put them down a runway, and, they, and the judges judge on whose dress is the best, or whatever, or who, whoever's outfit is the best, right? Right. So we we sit there, we watch it. I look at it, and I'm like, I figure I got good taste. I've never been told that, yo, what you wearing is trash. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
I think I'm pretty good when it comes to fashion. So I'll pick mm-hmm. out the dresses that I like or the outfits that I like, and I think, well, those people will win. You know what I'm saying? Me and my mm-hmm. wife, we do the same thing. And nine times out of ten, we, we pretty much write at least one of the people we pick end up being in at least the finals, and they're like one away from winning. But and sometimes people win, and you be like, I would have never, ever picked that. Because to me, it was just so ugly. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. So that's, you can equate that to what's going on. I'm looking at what's going on right now, and I'm like, yo, this is so ugly. This is not what I believe in. Right? People, people can't possibly want this. If he you were know, to get reelected in 2020, I would be like, clearly I have no idea what I'm doing. Obviously, we're not on the same page. Yeah. I wouldn't get it. And you would think, though, you would look back, right, you would think that we're going back even before your grandfather's time, that those times were more fertile for actions like this. You see what I'm saying? Right. Uh, for conduct like this. Those, those, those times were more fertile. They became a little less fertile during your grandfather's generation and even less fertile during your mother and my generation. I seen Martin Luther King marches. I seen what was happening to the people. Knowing all of that, day life, was I impacted so much? Not really. Uh, then when you were born, we were thinking eh, it would be even less. When your, when your right. child was born, we think it would be even less with your girls. Yeah. But it's like, and I've heard people say this, Ron. I think when you were still going, when you were still living here, I heard people say they were trying to go backwards. You know what I'm saying? Right. Trying to go backwards. And the one thing that I remember clearly, and I, and I remember this clearly, it was a white supremacist, and I was working at Social Security at the time, and I read this article, or I read yeah, something, yeah, this article, where this guy said he hoped that this was the first time Obama was running. Yeah, the first time Obama was running. He said that he hoped that he would win because he believed it would help their recruitment efforts. You know what, Rob? Right. He was he was right. He was right. Yeah. Because the media was so quick to say we're in a post-racial, but those of us that lived in the black community, that lived in communities of color, we know because we didn't expect to see someone like him, someone of color, be elected, you know, right. even as right. far back as 2008. But it happened. But it gave us hope. It gave us hope that that all was not lost. Now, there, we still had a long ways to go, but all wasn't lost. But we never felt that we were living in a post-racial America. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, it never quite got there, did it? You know? Nope. And it nope. uh, looks like we definitely, we definitely hit a roadblock, a major roadblock. So, so is this a wake-up call for us, Ron? Is this to tell I mean, us? 
2020 is gonna say it. That's it. Like that's it's like this. It's only few. It's only few times where you can predict the future. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And with the state we in right now, 2020, the 2020 election will dictate the future of this country. You already know if it goes one way, what we looking like. We have seen it for the past two years. Okay. So mm-hmm. it's like 2020 is this is the, the opportunity for everybody to have their own special place in history to say that I voted for so and so who took the place of Donald Trump and fixed the country. This is that opportunity right now. Is it? And you know, Ron, I think this year I'm closer to having the debate that I wanted to have for some time now, and that's a debate on the Electoral College versus the popular vote. Right. That's the debate that I want to have here in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, so that it can give us a sampling of what we might expect from the rest of the country. If we're able to have that debate to see what the people's reaction would be to that, give us an idea as to what the rest of the country would look like. Now, you're going to have different states and stuff like that. Some states that's more, like they call, well, unfortunately, we have red and we have blue states and all that kind of stuff. So that could that could slant the uh the results from a particular state. But uh and even here in Wilkesburg, which right now currently is supposed to be uh uh the majority uh, a democratic uh democratic uh, area. So it'll be interesting to see what the results of such a debate would uh would what the results would be, you know? It's something that's going to pick up, too, because it seems to be a conversation that a lot of these Democratic candidates are starting to have um, about that electoral college versus the popular vote. So you're going to hear about it this election. Well, right now they have what they call this compact, which says if you get certain number of states, if you get enough states, to equal the 270 electoral votes who will be willing to let their popular vote uh, uh, replace the electoral college vote, that uh, that way you may be able to get by without a constitutional amendment. Now that, I'm not not a constitutional lawyer or or expert or anything like that, but that's interesting. But that's that's what I'm that's what I've heard from just the limited amount of research that I've done on the electoral college versus the popular vote. And I first I first uh, became aware of that when Al Gore ran against uh, uh, Bush in 2000. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, man. This is a. Uh... I don't know, man. I think I think we showed up in the midterms 
I'm hoping we can do the same thing when it comes to the 2020 election, but even bigger. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Even bigger. So I mean, you know, I here's the thing. I will say this. We had faith in the country when it came to the midterms, and it, and we came through. We came through. So I'm not going to lose faith in the country when it comes to the 2020 election. I think we're going to come through again and uh, select the right candidate for this country. I ain't saying which party. I ain't saying none of that. I'm saying select the right candidate to push this country forward. So we're going to see what happens, man. Right. It's a tough one, but it's been another good conversation. Listen to the provocation, real people, real conversations. We will be back next week. Yeah. You got a whole commercial going on in the background. Yeah, I'm trying to kill it, man. Finally, I did, you know. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed the show. Feel free to hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, you know. Anything you want to say before we get out of here, man? You know, I think I've said so much, Ron. I think I don't need to say anything more, don't you? I mean, it's a good combo, man. I think uh, it's something we needed to talk about. Hopefully some people get something from it. You know, I know I do. Right. But uh, we we all we all can play our part in history, man, come 2020. We did it in the midterms. That's already in the yep. history books. Now we got we got doing it twenty twenty, so let's let's make it happen for real. We did it before. Absolutely. Hey, I hear you. We all we all remember that day when Obama got elected for the first time. This country went. Yes crazy. we did. Yes we did. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Maybe we maybe maybe we get the woman this time. Maybe maybe right. Kamala Harris. I don't I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But I agree. Check for us next week. Probably Monday. We we'll probably go on Monday again. I know we've been moving the time around, but you know, like this in a way. It's soccer season. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Once, once again, we appreciate you tuning in to the provocation, real people, real conversations. And with that, we out of here, man. <laughs>